Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Piki mai kake mai and welcome. From RNZ National, here's our changing world. Here's a story about a bank. Nope, not your traditional bank that deals in money, but one that deals in seats. The New Zealand Native Seed Bank, or to give it its proper name, the New Zealand Indigenous Flora Seed Bank, deals only in long-term deposits of seeds. It's a collaboration between the New Zealand Plant Conservation Network and the Millennium Seed Bank at Kew in the UK, as well as Massey University, Landcare Research, the Department of Conservation and Agri-Research. The idea is that the seeds are an insurance policy in case something happens to the plants in the wild. Alison is off to Massey University to meet Jessica Schnell and Craig McGill to find out how you go about banking seats. We've just come for a wander around the Massey University campus and we're not actually going to collect any seeds today but I wanted to see what some of these trees that you're collecting from, what some of the seeds look like. So what have we got here? So here we've got Malacope ternata and the seeds are sort of held externally outside of these capsules. So they're quite so they're black. glossy black yes, seeds, aren't yes, they? Yes, they're very, very dark and yeah, a lot of the seeds are actually held within a pod or a fruit and so you can actually tell when they're ripe and ready to be collected for the seed bank uh, because they either rattle in their pods or like with the fruit they're a lovely red colour or quite often they're green when they're immature so that's that's a good indicator for good collecting time. So we're talking late autumn early winter here so is this coming to the end of the time you'd normally be collecting seeds? Yes we're coming to sort of the, the later part of the season that's right. And is there another tree around here that you're interested in? I saw a kofi earlier on, um, which is still holding on to its seeds, and also this cabbage tree here has some, I think there's some seeds still on there as well. Well, the first tree was quite a good height, it was our height, and so that was quite easy to collect the seeds. This cabbage tree is quite a big, tall cabbage tree, but more challenging. That's right. Um, I have a pole pruner that I put to good use quite frequently and sometimes I have to call on on an arborist. Uh, We have a few trained arborists for the seed bank as well which have assisted us many times with seed collecting and we're very grateful for their support as well. So what are these seeds like? They look from here quite fleshy, little little bead-like things. Yes, and that means that we would need to process them pretty much as soon as we collect them because they start degrading very quickly, yes, with fleshy fruits. And let's just wander over to the kofi, which I have to say is looking laden with seeds. Yes. Kofi seeds I tend to think of as being very tough. Yes, they are, and they, they hold on to their seeds for a long period of time, which is also very good too. So the fact that the kofi has those really tough seeds, is that actually a bit of an advantage for you? There's some thought that the seeds with a hard seed coat, so that's a seed coat that will, for example, prevent water uptake unless it's chipped in some way, actually is an advantage in terms of long-term storage for the seeds. So the seeds which naturally have been found to be longest lived in nature, a lot of them do have these hard seed coats. So when you're collecting seeds, how many would you collect? If you were on a collecting expedition, what would your aim be? My aim would be 10,000 seeds, but I realise that sometimes that's not practical, so it is somewhat opportunistic. 
but ideally more than 500 if we can. Yes, and quite often we have to work out how are we going to get that many seeds, you know, how, how many are in, in the pods, how many are in the fruits. So it's kind of a bit of a mathematical equation we have to work out ahead of time as well. So you're trying to collect a range of species, and we'll talk about that a bit more in a minute, but also collect them from a different range of regions, geographic areas around the country? Yes, we're trying to get um, them from different provenances to get, capture the entire genetic biodiversity that's, that's held within all the seeds of a particular plant within, within New Zealand. For that reason too, when, when the collecting is undertaken, we also collect from a minimum of 50 plants. And we're also very careful that we only take a percentage of the seeds from the plants, so we're leaving plenty of seeds in the wild. So we only collect 20% of the population of, of what is actually on that plant at that particular time, or 10% for threatened plants. OK, well, let's head back to the lab and talk a bit more there. Well, I have to say it's quite nice here with the tui singing. <laughs> it's very nice. So we've come back inside into the lab. Is this the heart of your operation, Jess? Uh, yes, this is where a lot of our, our um, germination testing takes place and um, sometimes cleaning of the fleshy fruits and that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, before we get on to that, Craig, how did the Native Seed Bank come about? It really began with, with two different strands. So the New Zealand Indigenous Flora Seed Bank is part of the Millennium Seed Bank Partnership, which is part of Kew Gardens. It's based in West Sussex. And through Massey University, we had some research links with the Millennium Seed Bank. Also, the New Zealand Plant Conservation Network began discussions with Q for their Millennium Seed Bank partnership. So those two strands came together in about 2012. We got together and decided that we should form a, a group within New Zealand to, to try and study and collect seed of the New Zealand flora to preserve it in case of climate change or, or disaster in the wild. Then there is that, that insurance policy with the seed sitting in the seed bank for revegetation if, if necessary. So the groups that are involved in the seed bank formally are the New Zealand Plant Conservation Network, Massey University, Landcare, Ag Research, which hosts the seed bank in its Margot Ford Forest Germplasm Centre, and the Department of Conservation. The seed is stored in the uh, Margot Ford Foreign Germ Pleasant Centre at minus 20 degrees and subsamples will be sent out to the four botanic gardens, Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch and Dunedin as a backup if you like rather than keeping the seed all in one place. So through the New Zealand Plant Conservation Network and the relationship that Massey University already had with, with the Royal Botanic Gardens Q, the Millennium Seed Bank, um, we uh, put together this group and in 2000 and 13, we received funding through a Massey um, University fund called the um, Strategic Innovation Fund, which is part of Massey University's responsibility platform. That gave us some initial funding to employ Jessica as the seed bank coordinator for a year and also provided some funding for um, seed collecting expeditions to actually go out and collect the seed. Later on in 2013 we received further funding from the New Zealand Lottery Grants Board and so they have been a great supporter of the project. That's enabled us to continue to employ Jessica as Seed Bank Coordinator, provided some funding for to continue the collecting, also funding um, for equipment that's needed to assess the quality of the seed before it goes into the bank so we know that the seed is, is viable, is of good quality, So because we remember we're storing it for many, many years so we want to be sure that that seed that's going in is of good quality and is worthwhile storing. So they've provided some funding to allow 
um, germinators to enable us to assess the germination, the viability of the seed, and also an x-ray machine which enables us to look inside the, the seed and determine if it is full or empty, if there is a predation problem. A lot of the seed we're collecting has been um, eaten by bugs or has larvae in it, and we want to be able to identify that. And also whether the seed is actually formed properly, so whether it's full or empty. Now, are you collecting every kind of New Zealand plant? Our aim is to collect the entire biodiversity within all species within the New Zealand flora, but for some of those species we can't actually collect them and bank them under standard banking procedures. What we need to do to bank the seeds, store it for long term, is to dry it down to low moisture, very low moisture, and then store it at minus 20 degrees. Some species within the New Zealand flora, we can't actually dry it down to low moisture without um, that, that seed dying. So probably the a well-known example of that within New Zealand is the mangroves. So you can, you can actually remove very little water from those seeds without them dying. Another plant that has um, what we call non-orthodox or recalcitrant seed is koi-koi. So for that seed we need to be working out other ways of how to do it. Um, and that's part of what Jess will be doing. Jess will be, is going off to the Millennium Seed Bank in, in West Sussex in uh, mid-June and we'll be working with some of the scientists there to try and develop protocols for storage of koi koi. What we're looking to do is actually go to try and develop techniques where we can remove the water and then store them in, in, in liquid nitrogen or what we call cryopreservation. So it sounds like you've got some challenges ahead of you, Jess. Yes, I certainly do. <laughs> but in terms of the more straightforward seeds, so say you spent the summer and autumn out in the bush you've managed to collect some seeds, hundreds or thousands of them depending on what plant it is you're dealing with. You bring them back here to the lab, what happens then? So once they're brought back, they're analysed so if they're fleshy fruits they have to be cleaned straight away pretty much because they start degrading very quickly. And cleaning is what, actually just giving them a rinse or do you have to strip that fleshy coat off? Yes, some of them it's quicker to just sieve them under running water and ensuring that you're getting rid of the flesh and not the seeds, (laughs) which is sometimes easier said than done it's a very particular process and then just drying out the seeds so that they're not too damp anymore and there's not going to be the mould growth happening there. Yes, so every Every, every seed is different for every plant, of course. Yeah. What happens to them then? So we've got them down to just the seeds. Then they need to be weighed, and we've got a number of scales that we use as well. There's like a five-point balance for the tiny, tiny seeds, and we've got the larger balance for the, the larger seeds there as well. And then they go a subsample goes to be X-rayed, and eventually they are banked once um, they, their information has been recorded. And so at that point they go down the road to ag research? That's right, yes. Dried and then put into the cold room? Yes. Do you ever see them again after that? Do you go and check on them occasionally? Yes. Um, after one month in the minus 20, they, they run, I run a germination test, provided there is enough seed to do so. And um, then we can assess if they're surviving the banking process and, and how the seed is going yeah. You've got some volunteers who help you with that process? Yes, I do. A very a great team of volunteers come in and help us uh, to process the seed. And, yeah, it wouldn't be possible without them. And in terms of collecting in the field, just backtracking a second, are you the only person who goes and does that, or do you have people to help you with that as well? We run training workshops around the country, and there are... A, Almost, I think we've got over 100 trained seed collectors around the country now, which uh, I quite often go out seed collecting with them, or sometimes they do uh, go out collecting as well and send seed into us here at the Seed Bank, which is fantastic.
So how many species have you dealt with, say, this summer alone? We were targeting uh, hopefully 80 species, but so far we've managed to collect uh, 67 new species for the seed bank, um, increasing all the time. I've got some more species coming in hopefully this week. Um, and, and, yeah, it's just we've always got more coming in, which is very encouraging. Yes. What are your target species at the moment? So our target species are the plants of the Myrtaceae family with the threat of the myrtle rust and also the alpine flora and forget-me-nots and the plants of the, um, the, the pea family, so the Fabaceae, so that's Kofi and Cleanthus and so Kakabeek and a number of other species there, the brooms, the native brooms, and also the um, podocarps and trees of the forest. So you're aiming for 80 this year. How many in total have you collected over the last few years? Like how many are banked already? We've deposited 220 accessions into the seed bank so far. So that's, you know, we're getting there. And that's... <laughs> 220 species, or have you got some repetition within that? We've got a few repetitions in there, but, yeah, some very important threatened species, as well as some more common species like your caprosmas and cofires in there too. Do you have any idea yet how long these seeds might last for? It really varies from species to species, but we would hope that they will last for decades, if not longer, in the seed bank. There will be a monitoring program, so we'll probably follow the model of the Millennium Seed Bank in, in West Sussex, and what we will look to do is perhaps every five to ten years we'll have a monitoring and we'll, we will remove some seeds from the bank and um, test the germination of those seeds. If, if the germination is starting to decline, then we will need to recollect. Is there a bit of research involved in this? Yes, there's a number of research aspects to, to this, this project. So for a lot of the New Zealand flora, we don't know which are the difficult to store seeds and which are the easy to store seeds. So we've had some students working on, on trying to identify those seeds that are difficult to store and that we need to do the sort of work on that Jess is doing, looking at other storage ways of storing them, whether that be through cryopreservation or, or, or other techniques. The current main technique currently is, is cryopreservation. We also need to be able to germinate the seeds, or ideally germinate the seeds, to assess and their, their, their quality. Many seeds in the New Zealand flora are difficult to germinate, and we don't know, have that information. So we've also had smaller projects looking at how to overcome some of the germination challenges with some of the seeds which we hope will also be useful for people who outside the seed bank who may be interested in, 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 in propagating seed for, for revegetation projects. And if we can give them information on how to do that, then that's, we also feel we're contributing to conservation in New Zealand in, in that way. We do have a, a PhD student about to start, and that PhD student is going to look at storage of orchid seed. They're quite an interesting seed in terms of their structure. They're quite difficult to store, and so we're, we're, we're working jointly with, the, with Kew Gardens in, in terms of trying to understand some of the issues around storage of, of orchid seed. What's the most interesting bit of the job for you? I really enjoy x-raying the seeds as well as actually going out collecting and doing the work. Even though it's usually a very long day, it's great to actually just get out there and, and see the seeds, see this beautiful environment that we have in New Zealand and be able to collect and conserve the plants for the future. So this could see you in work for quite a few years to come. I hope so, yes. Because <laughs> you've got quite a few more species to go. That's right. I mean, when we think about it, there's about 3,000 taxa, isn't there, in the New Zealand native flora. So, yes, we have got a wee way to go yet. <laughs> and it's pretty important because we've got a lot of plants that are found nowhere else. 
Yes, New Zealand is considered to be one of the world's biodiversity hotspots because of its high level of plants, as you say, that are found nowhere else in the world. So um, we're around about 80% endemicity, so that's a very high percentage. And that was Craig McGill, and you also heard from Jessica Schnell from Massey University and the New Zealand Indigenous Flora Seed Bank. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. Check out our webpage for photos and web features rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld Kia ora mai Botox Cosmetic Atabotulinum Toxin A FDA approved for over 20 years So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you For full prescribing information including boxed warning visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300 Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.